0: Welcome to a football show here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall.
1: And my name is Zach Lyons. You can follow me on Twitter at
0: FWordsPod. That's right. Listen to the football and other FWords podcasts with you and Mr. Lebowski on Tuesdays from Broadway Sports Media. You can read all of his scribings at Broadway Sports Media. Go subscribe. Pay for good journalism, all that good stuff at Broadway Sports Media. Today on the show, SEC win totals for 2022. Every team in the SEC, Vegas, is trying to make some money off us. We'll give you our picks. For those lines here coming up a little bit later on, the Rooney Rule discussion needs to be had here because Ray Horton, former defensive coordinator, interim coach, has been added to the suit that's going on against the NFL based on some Mike Malarkey comments that happened years ago. So we'll get to that. There's only really one question, Zach, that we have to ask about that. Um, Concession prices at the Nashville SC Stadium is going to tie into our conversation with the latest news about the new titan stadium deal that is coming out uh some taxes and stuff we'll get into some of the details we'll explain all of that today on the show so a lot a lot of stuff to do today zach hope you're doing well hope you hope you're good
1: i'm doing well doing great uh looking at these prices i have it pulled up on my screen these uh nashville sc prices and i won't be doing well later if i ever go to a game
0: <laughs> well i think the stadium is is spectacular and We'll get to those prices here in just a minute, but I I did see that you sent me that and I was kind of like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got a chance here (laughs) to do something right. And you just totally wet the bed. So I I think the Titans need to learn from this conversation because obviously Amy listens to the podcast all the time. So uh, normally, normally we're with you on a Tuesday. Um, We're going to move this to Thursday. And then we got some things in the works for you guys coming up uh, in the future. So subscribe, check out the YouTube page We put the interview up every single week on the YouTube page. We've also got all the other shows. Make sure you're subscribing to everything. Push all the buttons we're asking you to push. Follow on the socials, all that great stuff. And of course, remember our great sponsor, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Real estate in this town is completely drunk. Zach, you know this, I know this. It's good for us to own homes, but it means big decisions have major financial ramifications. And if you're going to have to make major financial decisions, you might as well have some help from some experts. So make sure you call the Kingston Group and have a conversation. That's all we're asking, Zach. Just have a conversation. Just got
1: to talk to them. You don't have to buy anything. We encourage you to buy something, but you should (laughs) definitely have a conversation with them.
0: Well, when it comes to, you know, spending a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, you you need to make sure you're talking to the right people and get the right advice. This is where, of course, the Kingston group comes in buildkg.com. All right. So new stadium details. Nate Rao broke this, I believe Wednesday morning of Axios, the next sort of piece that's falling into place. Zach, if you want to, sort of look at all the big puzzle pieces of a new Titans stadium. We've got the 500 million from the governor and the state office that of course has got some strings attached to it, retractable roof where it's going to be built. A lot of stuff there. We've got the previous legislation that was voted on. That's going to reroute some taxes. That's already sort of voted on and and already settled. We know the Titans ownership is going to put in a big chunk and the NFL is going to put in a big chunk. Well, the last big chunk is what does the city need to pay for? And some of this uh, as Nate reported could be done on a hotel motel tax increase from six to 7%. They can push it up to eight if they want to, butch speared on estimates. The estimate is that it's going to be worth about, he says 10 million in the story, but also push that estimate up to you know, 15, 18, 20 million potentially if they get some quote unquote mega events. So this is another huge piece of the puzzle that if we can raise million over 10 years or over 15 years, that would be a huge piece of the puzzle that mostly Davidson County residents would not be paying for the new stadium.
1: Well, and it's also to just to clarify, it's 17 million to 20 million extra on top of what is already being generated because that 17, that anywhere from 10 to 20, I know it's a wide range, but let's be honest, bachelorette parties love it here. Everybody (laughs) loves it here. It's going to be up in the 17 to million to 20 million range as it goes, as it progresses and you get events and stuff like that. But that's on top of what they had the last full fiscal year pre pandemic was $60 million in revenue in one year. So now you're adding 17 to 20 million on top of that. So that's roughly $80 million is what you possibly would max out on per year. So that's going to pay what is estimated to be 300 million from this hotel motel tax. That's going to be paid off pretty quickly. I mean, that's like nothing in the big big scheme of things. And you look at it, I thought what was interesting in Nate's Twitter thread that actually had started breaking down all the numbers was that the 700 million that was reported on was going to be coming from the Titans. He has it listed as the t- total from the Titans and NFL, yeah, which I think is an interesting piece of news because that's a little bit different. To what was originally reported because we were all thinking and assuming 700 from the team, 150 to 2 million, 200 million coming from the NFL. Right. All in all, this is a fantastic deal for a, a, a stadium. And you look over what the bills are announcing today is like, I mean, they're still in all these negotiations, but the city and the county is still paying way too much. And it's yeah. the yeah. most that any NFL stadium has done. By far, and I look at this and I'm thinking, well, uh, basically the tourists are going to be paid for a bunch of this well, crap. So I and had somebody, I,
0: I I totally agree. I had somebody tweet me and like, oh, are you saying that people in Nashville don't stay in their hotels? And for, my first thought was, no. Uh, let no, me ask people, you. I let-
1: hey, listen, if I'm from Goodlettsville and I drive down and I get drunk, I could be persuaded instead of driving <laughs> back. I'm looking at either doing a lift and paying parking fees or. Just getting a hotel and just continue drinking and just living a whole night of it.
0: Okay, let me ask you this. How, how long have you lived here? Like tw- almost 20 years, right? About roughly? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been, okay.
1: I've been here since 2003 in the area.
0: I, I've been in Nashville since 97. Um, I, I, I was actually thinking about this. How many nights have you stayed in a hotel in Davidson County?
1: Uh, a lot. Because I used to... All my really? friends lived... Yeah, all my friends, when I get to the age of drinking... And I so, moved so 19. Yes yeah, so And I moved back from Memphis and moved uh, to Columbia back in 2008 and lived there full time. All my friends lived in Nashville. So I at the time, it was like $140 for a hotel room. I'm paying for a hotel room from Saturday waking up Sunday going to the game. Okay, okay. And then driving back. So let me, let
0: me take it back. Let me take that back. So okay, so that's just for football games you're saying, just for Titans games. Well,
1: for football games and like events and okay. stuff like that. Anytime how many nights, that show,
0: How many nights did you live in Davidson County and stay in a Davidson County hotel? 0. Okay. That that's my point is that if you live outside of Davidson County, you are not affected by what the cost of this stadium could be right? Like the Metro, if the Metro is going to pay X number of dollars for this and you live in Murfreesboro, well, that's not your taxes, right? Right. So it's about David. I have lived in Davidson County since 2005. I have stayed in a Davidson County hotel two nights, two times. One was the night I got married. So I'm never doing that again. (laughs) So whatever happens... That, 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 that wedding thing is the only time I'm doing it, (laughs) no matter what happens in the future. It was one night because we were, we were, it was, we had a downtown wedding and we stayed in a downtown hotel for our sort of like first night before we went on our honeymoon a couple days later. The other one was between two houses where we closed on one and then closed on another. And there was a one day window between two houses. And we stayed in a hotel for one night, my wife and I at the time. So two nights. So I, I say all this to say, Davidson County taxpayers will not be paying for this, this source of revenue. I think it's safe to say, yeah. um, I could not believe, and, I, I could not believe I got that comment on Twitter, by the way, but it's, but it's like,
1: I don't understand what people, maybe that person just stays in hotels constantly. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't get it. I, I, so far, I mean, you still have to get legislative approval on what's coming from the state, the hotel motel tax. But so far, this is turning out to be $1.7 billion that is not really affecting your Davidson County residents, and that's really what you're hoping for.
0: I I am curious. So the reason this works is that if they're revenue bonds, so people invest in the revenue bonds, then, then the tax revenue stream that we're talking about here, this new one, would then pay off those revenue bonds, which is not part of the general operating bonds and budget for the city. So that doesn't take any money. Now, I do think there has to be probably a dollar figure somewhere from the city.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, too- there uh, eventually should be.
0: And I, and, I, and I, what I, I am under, what I've been told and what I understand is that it is going to be tied to all of the things that go into the stadium and the East bank development from like an operational standpoint. So like, you know, whether it's planting trees or paving roads or putting in sewer lines or managing electrical grids or all the things that you sort of have to put in place to like make things work. Right that right. the city's probably going to have to pay for that. And again, if that's 100 million dollars, is that going to pass through legislation? I don't know. I I I I don't know. If if you're telling me that of a 2 billion dollar stadium we've already got 1.8 paid, I I think that's a hell of a deal for the Titans to be to be starting from. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, really in all honesty, this is just it's just fantastic news. It just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Every time something comes out about this stadium, and I'm all here for it. And I hope that because they have been, they have basically been talking about repeatedly Atlanta, 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 that the prices inside the stadium, oh God, will be much more manageable for everybody that attends these games, because that's really still the major holdup when you're buying all these high price tickets and then you got to bring and pay for all this food, all this drink and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: so this is where the Titans can win people over. Right. Right. Especially if there's a little bit of money that they've got to pay, you know, like, like we talked about that eventually there'll be a dollar figure, but you sent me this tweet with uh, a photo of the prices at the concession stand at the new Nashville SC stadium, geodes park down there in, um, in, in Wedgwood, Houston, it is going to be a gorgeous facility. I've, I've it, been I've been in there. it's amazing. It's spectacular. Every
1: picture I see, I have to try I'm, I'm like guessing is this a computer generated it, image or yes. is this a real image yes. because it looks it looks fake. That's how yes. good it looks. It yep. looks fake. every picture.
0: 100 percent agree. Uh, I took a few photos when we had the when they had the anna- naming an- announcement rights and we got to sort of tour the facility. And I, I also was like, wait a second, this looks like a rendering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, nice. it does. it's wild. So you sent me this and um, a premium large can beer, $15.99. What the, f- what are we talking about?
1: It, it has to be, I would assume, uh, 64 ounces. Like, is it a mini it, it, keg, a pony keg? You it, remember you used be. to have a Heineken pony keg, <laughs> yes, yes. like it was a, l- a little small really guy. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that guy. what it better be for fifteen ninety nine, because that is utterly ridiculous. Or just give me a six pack of beer for fifteen ninety nine. Oh, like,
0: unbelievable. Let's get
1: creative if you're going to charge that amount of money. Just give a six pack of beer and just call it a day. So,
0: so what's a double? A double like whiskey at Bridgestone will probably be like twenty one dollars. A yeah, double, I, a double at the Ryman's probably about twenty-one dollars, twenty bucks. Right. So I, I, I mean, I, I it just, it just sucks. It just sucks. That's all. It,
1: it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because you look at the fountain soda, six dollars. A bottle oh of water is five dollars. You're looking at a hot dog for six fifty. You're looking at French oh fries God. for six dollars. None of these prices make sense to me. I'm hoping that this was just kind of like someone just threw up you know, for, because they were given a tour, right? They just kind of threw up the a couple of the menu items and then just threw up some numbers. Yeah, they like, vomited,
0: all right. Yeah, that's they just sure. vomited.
1: Like, <laughs> it's just not really, this isn't real. I, I kept expecting Nashville Soccer Club or Geodis or whoever runs a Twitter account related to this to say, oh, those are kind of like, we just kind of put those up there. That's not the real pricing. Because that, that's outrageous, not only just for a normal sporting event, but for a soccer sporting event, I feel this is outrageously priced.
0: I, I So, again, yeah, the chicken tenders and fries, $14. Like, give me, a, give me a fucking break with that. What's interesting is we just got done with the Masters, and you talked about Atlanta. Atlanta, you already mentioned it. Like, it is so easy to win a giant PR battle in, in a matter of seconds. Now, I don't know what the exact dollar figure is that you would cost yourself if you wanted to, to lower concession prices. But the Masters does this. You can get a beer for three dollars. You can get a hot dog for two. You can get an egg salad sandwich for two. Like it is truly like fifty cents for like a six pack of crackers. Like it's absurd. And Atlanta, the Falcon stadium is not much different. I, I just think if you're the Titans you're, and you're Amy Adams Strunk and you're and you're doing all this to like win over all this PR, like just just do the right thing and keep it affordable for people. Charge them out the ass for the PSLs. Like charge if you want to charge people for tickets, fine. But don't ruin people's lives going to sporting events and concerts with $15 beers.
1: I mean, at this point, if if I were to go to a National Soccer Club game, it's I'm using that time while I'm at the game to pretty much sober up because I'm just <laughs> going to get drunk before I go and have a great time before I go. And I'll just get drunk when after because I'm not paying these prices and I probably won't even eat. I may get. I hope they have water fountains because I don't think I would even buy a <laughs> bottle of water. It's, it's just outrageously you, priced.
0: When's the last water fountain you drank out of at a stadium?
1: Ooh, at a stadium that would be, uh, that would have to be back at high school probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't think I've ever done one since then.
0: I can't remember w- walking through a stadium, especially not Nissan or like the Vanderbilt football stadium and seeing a water fountain and being like, yeah, I'm going to grab a sip real fast. <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) that's never crossed my mind i mean it's a new stadium so it's gonna be a very clean water fountain if they have them so i'd be willing to take the risk at least in year one
0: (laughs) all right may 1st zach lyons will be drinking out of a water fountain because he (laughs) refuses to pay your astronomically ridiculous water bottle prices
1: five dollars for a bottle of water i mean how i guess how big is it i mean that that's i guess what matters is how big is it but this is worse than getting price gouged at Movie theaters, yeah, this is way worse than it. This is way more expensive to go to just to go here than it is to take
0: a whole trip to the movie theater. To, so, for for 4.99 for five dollars, it better have a handle, yeah, like there needs to be a handle that I can carry the water with. Like and if you the, charge them about-
1: six dollars for a fountain soda, do what uh Atlanta does and have uh they have soda fountain machines
0: so you can refill your drink. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Now, those will kill you. Um, and I'm not a big, so I don't, I can't remember the last time. I think it's been 25 years since I drank a can of soda. Um, so I'm not a big soda guy. It, it's paying $6 to drink a whole fountain drink is that, that feels self-destructive to, to, to yeah. me. Um, you can right.
1: get a power aid maybe in there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, just give me citrus cooler Gatorade. Where have all go. the citrus coolers gone? If you know, <laughs> if know, if you know, if you can tell me a, a, a gas station or a location that sells citrus cooler Gatorade, Tweet at me at Braden Gall and let me know because I would, I'll go just buy them out because I can't find Citrus Cooler anywhere. Um, All right. So this Rooney stuff, we'll touch on this quickly and then we'll move on to some SEC um, win totals for 2022 Zach. But um, I I, listen, it's important to talk about because I think actually to to be honest with you, I think everything is true in this story. Um, Brian Flores, who I think is a pretty good coach fired from Miami files a lawsuit against the NFL, uh, you know, basically discrimination. What I'm fascinated by is Mike Malarkey says all these things about the hiring process as a Titans head coach, but he says it in 2020, like two years ago. He says all this stuff on some stupid Steelers podcast. And now it comes out that he was told that he had the job, which we all kind of know is, you know, again, we can argue and debate hiring of Mike Malarkey as a good or bad decision. Like we can have that. that, That's an interesting discussion. Um, But this is sort of where all things are true, Zach. I don't know how you feel. I think clearly black coaches are are not getting the, the number of opportunities they should be given. That's just, I think that's a fact, but this really is just one question for me. This brings me to one singular question. Do you think Amy Adams, Strunk and John Robinson are racist? Like, Absolutely
1: not. I mean, that's like, it, that, right? Isn't that the only kinda...
0: question? Isn't that the only question you have to ask?
1: And that's the question they have to prove, right? I mean, it, in this whole lawsuit, they have to prove racial discrimination intent because that's, that's really what matters he wasn't racially discriminated against. He was candidly discriminated against because <laughs> they interviewed, they interviewed Terrell Austin before him. They interviewed who is a minority head coach or minority candidate. And then they interviewed Doug Marone and then they interviewed Ray Horton. It was the worst kept secret that Mike Malarkey was the coach. And And let me say this. If you want to hire someone in-house, that's an, your interim head coach has already proved something. I feel like you shouldn't have to interview anybody else now these people were given a chance to change their mind and none of them did and are we really surprised that none of them did and maybe that goes back to the quality of coaches they brought in for the interview which i <laughs> had an issue with at the time yeah
0: yes that's what it was not a, it was not a good issue. it was not a good pool of candidates <laughs> this
1: was the worst kept secret everybody knew is mike Malarkey's job to lose and everybody knew they picked a gm that want, that ha- was going to be forced to work with Mike Malarkey. That was one of their top right, reasons right. for hiring John Robson was because he was willing to take on Mike Malarkey as his head coach.
0: And, and Mariota as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's just – it's it's crazy to me that people call this a smoking gun and blah, blah, blah. It, it's, it's very he said, she said, and – can you really believe Mike Malarkey and where he's coming from and all this stuff and
0: cuz they've already
1: said they never told him that. So con-
0: consider the source, right? Yeah. Y- you A have guy to cons- that's you very have to pissed off
1: that he had lost his job and has burned Mariota since he's left. He's burned pretty much Anything they could lay his hands on, and spare me this. Oh well, you know, I just have felt so much guilt, and I really gotta get this guilt, you know, off off me, you know, and relieve. This, this then guilt. why?
0: Then why didn't you bring this up when Brian Flores first filed the lawsuit?
1: Why Why didn't you bring it up when you were told <laughs> when, you were t-
0: when you took the job
1: <laughs> when you were told that you were going to get the job and they were going to interview three other candidates?
0: Look, let's spare be very- me.
1: Spare me this bullshit. No, I no, am.
0: I'm I'm with you, dude, on this because here's the thing: we are not suggesting that that this isn't a problem in hiring coaches college and pro this is a very serious problem massive problem black coaches do not get enough chances period period end of discussion there's no question that that is a like a true thing in this conversation college and pro assistant and head coach all of the above it is absolutely a problem but to suggest that amy adams strunk makes decisions based on the color of someone's skin as to who will be the head coach of her football team, a billion dollar business to me is flat out ridiculous. It's just insane to me considering what she stands for. And here's the other thing. Here's Now I'm all freaking worked up and pissed off about it. I like it. Let's
1: do it. Because because here's the thing. That's me. (laughs) I know. Here's the
0: problem with the internet and with Twitter and with 2022. Amy Adams Strunk is not defined by one thing that she says or does. None of us are. She is defined by a body of work in her lifetime. That is what we know about Amy Adams Strunk. And if you're telling me that that I have an entire body, 10 years, I don't know how many years she's been the the, the priority owner, like five, six years, seven years, whatever the number is. Well,
1: since 2016, right? 2016. I mean, that, yeah, that At was least. her first year.
0: At least. So, so six years, seven years almost, we have seen her act and behave a certain way. We have seen all the things she does and says for so many people in this community. And you're telling me that you're going to throw all of those behavioral patterns away and just assume that she hired Mike Malarkey because he was white.
1: And I don't necessarily think it's going to sound, it's going to sound weird. Cause you're, you're, you're walking a tightrope when you talk about this thing.
0: Well, now uh, also, this, sorry, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Sorry. I do realize the irony of two middle-aged white men having this conversation. I just want to point that. And we out.
1: always say that on the football and of efforts too. look, um, I don't think that they did anything wrong. To be honest with you, as far as from a the standpoint of the context of the lawsuit itself, now can you say that they did something wrong in not bringing in quality candidates to challenge Mike Malarkey? Absolutely. And those candidates could be needed to be a good mix of minority and white and whatever else you want to throw in there because he needed to be challenged. So their issue is is not bringing in quality coaches to challenge it. But the issue with the Rooney rule is is that you're forcing owners who've already had their mind made up who they want to put people through a charade whether it's a charade for a minority or a charade for a white coach this was it's, it's a charade and that's the problem yeah so i've came up with a solution i've actually oh. uh, football no that this past tuesday we came up with a solution specifically i did
0: <laughs> during your libowski <laughs> under the yeah, bus i like it
1: <laughs> during your head coaching tenure when you should meet specific requirements that if you get fired and you don't meet a threshold for success in your tenure as your as a head coach, as a white candidate, you shouldn't get an opportunity to interview for a head coaching position for five years.
0: Wow. That's like all of the NFL coaches.
1: <laughs> See, we would never get <laughs> a retreat all- of Adam Gase, but look at Josh all of them. He he never he never officially got a job anywhere. Technically, you can't really count the Colts because he never really coached there. But there was still a five-year gap between all this stuff between now and here, more than yeah. five years between yeah. Denver and there. That's how it should be. Matt Nagy, Adam Gase. When Matt Rule eventually gets fired after this season, these guys shouldn't get head coaching jobs ever again. <laughs> They, uh, listen, or at this, least for five years, a five-year I, moratorium on those guys getting interviews.
0: So I, I love your idea for a variety of reasons. Number one, the minority candidate getting them opportunities is, is I'm, I'm on favor. I'm in favor of that. I'm also, I also hate the retread thing that happens in the NFL. It's so right. bad. It happens with coordinators in college. I don't know why. I, maybe it's friendship or loyalty or sort of just like the known commodity. Like nobody is creative and innovative and takes risks. Actually, like Amy Adams Strunk did, firing a playoff coach to go hire Mike Vrabel, who was a coordinator of like the worst defense in the NFL. So, like, it, it, that's an innovative, creative, risky move that she made, and it, and it has completely worked out with Mike Vrabel. I, I, <laughs> while I agree with all of that stuff, Zach, I, I don't think you can be like, well, if you, if you lost seventy percent of your games, you're not eligible for a job. Like, I that 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 does. I feel like that's going one step too far. I think it
1: needs to be multiple things. Like, did you ruin a a quarter? Did you try to ruin a quarterback (laughs) on your way in? So, Matt Nagy, he's ruined Mitch Trubisky, and he's purposely tried to ruin Justin Fields. Did you – Sam
0: Darnold. Sam Darnold. How
1: many of your free agent hits have been something for, (laughs) you know, what kind of money are you spending in training? There should be a couple of different things to do. How many stupid moves did you make? So are you considered one of the worst quarterbacks of the last five <laughs> years? And for a lot of these white guys, that would be
0: a big yeah, yes. That's true. And it, and it would be as arbitrary as forcing someone to interview like a candidate for the, for the purposes of just doing the thing. Like it's right. Like I know what the goal and the intent of the Rooney rule is, and we all should agree with it. And we And again, you have to acknowledge that this is a real issue in football circles. It just is. You have to acknowledge that it's a fact. It's
1: it's an issue any, in any business because yeah, yeah, we no talked question. about this because people hire people like them. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. just – unfortunately, that's the thing. So until you get a minority ownership into the NFL, yeah, hope maybe yeah. with the Denver Broncos is your best chance currently, you may continue to see this problem. But I remember when I first got into fantasy football and I was learning – all the coaches, all the players and all the stuff, fantasy football, there were seven minority head coaches at one time. So I don't know why it's it's trended this far away other than it's just a lack of coaching talent and and we you gotta allow for a little bit of are these guys good interviews and good fits? Yeah. Because there has to be a little bit of that, too, because there's uh, there's been a couple of, of white guys who don't get jobs that you're kind of like, why isn't this guy getting a job?
0: I, you know, but I was,
1: it's it's tough It is a tough tightrope to walk because you can't force owners who right. are basically right. Roger Goodell can't face, his, can't force his bosses to do something right. that they don't feel is in the best interest of their their uh, well and team success. So but you semester, can't honestly also sit here and say that Adam Gase is the guy.
0: Right. So, and Sylvester, Sylvester crew, I believe was the first black head coach in the sec at Mississippi state. And that was like recently, <laughs> that was yeah. like 20, 20 years ago. Um, and I don't think like Derek Mason's not in the sec anymore. Joker Phillips is not at Kentucky anymore. Like I'm trying to think, I don't off the top of my head. I don't believe there is a minority coach in the sec currently. I, I don't, I, I don't, you, I, I'm trying to think through with Kirby Hypel, Stoops, Drinkwitz, Napier, Lee, Beamer, Leach, Kiffin, Fisher, Sabin, Harson, Pittman, Kelly. That's all of them. I don't think there, there's not one in the SEC right now.
1: Well, I'm super interested in the, the XFL head coaches got announced today. And I know this is going to sound weird, but people forget Heinz Ward interviewed for the Texans head coaching job.
0: Oh, that is weird.
1: That is, and nobody really ever talks about, but he's a head coach for the XFL. So him, Rod Woodson are two of the guys that I remember being a head coach of the XFL. So two guys with NFL experience, NFL pedigree, if they do good stuff here in the XFL and they may only get a season to prove it, we don't know how deep the Rocks money is actually going to (laughs) go. But if they do well, and Heinz Ward already has a head coaching interview under his belt, you could see a couple those two guys be that next wave or next push of well, uh, people coming in. and it doesn't and have either.
0: to be I, like I'd be interested to track Heinz Ward because I think he's a super smart football player. and so I, I think he's a really great opportunity at this now i would I would argue there's got to be other guys that aren't just like Hall, Hall of fame caliber wide receivers that we've heard. like Rod Woodson's just a big name. so like the like Eddie George is the head coach at TSU that's not because he's a Deion Sanders at Jackson state. Like that's not because they're great head coaches. It's because they're big names and they're big personalities and they can recruit and stuff like Hugh Jackson being a coach at an HBCU is a real reason. Like he's, he's been a head coach in the NFL. Like you can say what you want about his, his track record, but like, he's at least got a track record. <laughs> like some of these guys like Dion and Eddie, they don't even have track records. They're just yeah. sort of figureheads. So I'm assuming there are hundreds of candidates that aren't just like quote unquote figurehead guys that are, that are minority and very talented and that should oh, be get, and should be getting opportunities.
1: There, there are a few that got opportunities. Then they got their first wave of opportunities to be, get head coaching interviews under their belt. And that would be D'Amico Ryans and Gerard Mayo. I think were the first two. I think this year was their first year. They actually got head coaching interviews and they're going to get more because those guys are highly regarded in the league. Sometimes it's just timing. Um, you know, I don't understand why Eric, the enemy has not gotten a head coaching job. The only thing you can, you can point to is that he just must be a bad interview.
0: There's more to the story. There's gotta be more. To that There's
1: story. gotta be something that we're missing. Yeah. But I would rather take a chance on someone that's an offensive minded guy like Eric, the enemy that may rub people the wrong way for whatever reason, than give me a given a, retread another track. Yeah, give me like, D'Amico me- Ryan's
0: give me D'Amico Ryan's over anybody else I'll, I'll yeah. take D'Amico Ryan's no yeah. no question about it uh, all right well okay that that's enough it, we again we realize the irony of two middle-aged white guys discussing a, a racial issue um but I think this is one of those situations where sort of like everything is kind of true like Amy Adams probably didn't do what is being claimed but also black candidates need more opportunity like that's it like it's just sort of kind of both things at the same time uh, as I always say, two things can be true. Uh, Zach, are we doing some gambling today on the show?
1: We are. We're going to talk about some over/under win totals for the SEC. So we'll start with the E's. We'll go uh, Vanderbilt. Do you think they are <laughs> over/under 1.5 wins? Is this
0: just within the SEC?
1: Yeah. Or- so this this is just teams in the SEC. So these are their win totals for the whole season.
0: For the whole season?
1: Yeah. It's one a and a half. Win. Win has them as 1.5.
0: I would take the over on that. Didn't they? I mean, I I think they can go two and ten. They're, yeah, now they're I not going to win two SEC games, but they'll go. Right. They're they're going to be better. I went and watched practice a couple of last week, and they're more athletic and a little bit more talented. And the culture starting to take take root a little bit, but they're they're going to win non conference games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they might so win more. They're one in the literally
1: league. at one point five wins with and and the odds aren't great. It's you know uh, minus one seventy. So
0: okay, well that's that's a pretty no. To me, if you're putting money on that, that's a no brainer over.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you got Missouri at five wins, and the over is uh, plus 100.
0: Um, I, I think five and seven is about right. I, I think I would take the under. I think next year, they're going to be like 2023, they're going to be better. They don't have a quarterback. They've got some five star weapons that are going to be very, very good. The defense was atrocious. Uh, by the way, Steve Wilkes did a terrible job <laughs> with <laughs> with with Missouri's defense last year he's a part of the lawsuit that we just got done talking about um and had he done a great job I might think differently of Steve Wilkes but he did a terrible job with Missouri I'm gonna go under five on on the Tigers okay so you're gonna go under but how good are
1: you feeling about that bet because that's under is actually minus 120 I don't love it. 120. I, don't, don't love I don't, it. you think it's more of a push it. situation right I,
0: I would not bet on that one I would take over on Vanderbilt
1: Okay, South Carolina six wins. Over under. is minus one fifty, and under is plus one thirty.
0: Under. I think their six and six record last year was a big mirage. They beat a bad Auburn and a bad Florida team, and they they needed like a last second miracle to beat Vanderbilt. That's three of their six wins. I think they their rosters in major trouble and they are way overvalued right now. I, I like under on that one big time. Um gotcha. I know Spencer Rattler's there and they've got some pieces. I don't think Shane Beamer knows how to coach. I think he can, can recruit. But Do not believe you in
1: Spencer Rattler? No. Because, no. yeah, I don't either. Like, I don't get the Spencer Rattler hype. And I didn't really get it headed into last year's college season either, because it didn't never seem like it was ever going to stick with this guy.
0: So, huge pedigree, five star recruit out of Arizona goes to Oklahoma, plays in the most quarterback friendly system in the entire world at Oklahoma, and is good as a first year player, but not great. Then he comes back and starts in 2021, and he gets pulled four games into the season. He threw five total touchdowns against Power Five competition this year, and now he's. So here's the thing, Zach: you're telling me that Spencer Rattler is going to be better on a worse team with a worse coach and a tougher schedule.
1: Right? Yeah, I, I just did not get why, he, of all places, that he chose to go when he well, needs to get his draft stock up is going to go to South Carolina instead of going to a school that may be a little bit easier for him.
0: Two, two reasons, two reasons. He, yeah. uh, Shane Beamer was the recruiting coordinator at Oklahoma, so he's got a very good relationship with Shane Beamer. And then number two, he's going he's gonna to start right away. And so yeah. if you – and guess listen, if you're going to bet on yourself, bet on yourself in the SEC, I guess, right? Give yourself a challenge, right. I, I suppose. So, I, But I'm with you. I, I, I'll take the under.
1: Okay, so we got Florida at seven wins. I,
0: I wouldn't bet on that because I like them to be better than people think but seven and five is what I would probably project.
1: So that's a push. So we we don't, we don't really, you know what, you know what I advise people to to go that
0: if you think they can go into Neyland stadium and beat Tennessee in week three or whatever it is on the road, like in Billy Dapier's like third game ever in the sec, then I think they can get to eight and four. So you have to sort of, you have to pick them to win that game. And if you think they can win that game, then they can get to eight and four. If not, they're probably seven and five or worse. So I, I would not touch that one.
1: I think the next, I think the, the Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee ones are pretty interesting because Kentucky's yep. at eight. Yep. They're at eight wins. And I, that's an even line almost.
0: That also probably depends on if Kentucky can go into Neyland Stadium and win. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't touch that one either. That I think they're eight and four is right on. If it was seven and a half, I'd go over. If it was eight and a half, I'd go under, which means Vegas has done their homework on this one. So I, I'm not sure I'd touch that one. Quarterback's coming back offensively like they still got some weapons on that team that's a really good football program and so they're going to be good i i guess i would take the under but i don't really like that one i wouldn't i wouldn't touch that one
1: all right we got a lot of tennessee fans listening and all this stuff so they have said it last year they went uh seven and six overall they have it at 8.5 wins over under oh
0: There's no way you can bet on them to go nine and three.
1: You just can't do it. Katie. I just don't
0: think you can bet on them to go nine and three. I don't think you can do that because they got Bama and Georgia right out of the gate. You're going to lose to. So that means literally you have to go nine and one in every other game. The rest of the season. No, you can have one slip up the rest of the way they play Pittsburgh, the defending ACC champs. You got Florida. Um, Kentucky. Kentucky's really good. Like again, eight and four with a bowl win to go nine and four feels right. But that ninth yeah. win on, in a bowl doesn't count for this. So right. I would go under eight and a half if I was gambling,
1: pretty confident,
0: pretty confident. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel pretty, I feel better about that one than I do the Kentucky eight. Now, if it was yeah. eight, if it was eight, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet it at all. Right. Cause I think they go, eight. I think they're, I would pick them to go eight and four right now for Tennessee.
1: All right. is at 11 and a half wins. <laughs> the over is plus 200. The under is minus 250.
0: I might go over on that one, dude. Oh, really? I might go over on that one. Yeah. I wouldn't bet it. Bet? I, I wouldn't bet it, but I would take the 12 and 0 before I take 11 and 1.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that.
0: But I probably, right. you know what? Now that I've said it out loud, I probably would not bet that.
1: Yeah. I don't think you really want to bet that one. I don't think they were, you really they were want tentative. to bet the Alabama one either.
0: They were eleven, I think, last year, and I took the and I picked a, I, I took the over, and it and it and it hit. But I think yeah. last year's team was a little different than this year's team.
1: Yeah, this this year's team has lost a lot on defense, and yeah, yeah, I'm five interested to picks. see. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that affects the team for sure. All right, we're heading over to the West right. Auburn five wins.
0: Oh God, that's that's disgusting. Um, that's vomit inducing. Um, I think that's I would. Oh God. Jesus uh, over maybe, but man, that, that is a, that could be a total dumpster fire.
1: Yeah. I'm with I, you. I first would of all, here's, here
0: here's now. a, here's a rule. Don't ever bet on Auburn to do anything ever. Yeah. Just don't <laughs> bet on them. Go.
1: What about LSU six wins? Cause I think I would go under uh, every you're, penny, you're I, every, over.
0: every penny I have on this one over one of my most Whoa. confident picks, one of my most confident picks of the entire season. I think LSU is going to be real good, real fast. They are not oh, going to be good enough to beat any of the best teams. But they are going to be, they have, they have lots of dudes. And Brian Kelly is a proven instantaneous winner every single place he's been. They're going to be, they'll be back to their sort of a certain plateau pretty quickly. And then they won't be able to go over that plateau because Brian Kelly won't be able to out recruit Nick Saban. But he, I, I think this is like an eight or nine win team. I, I would take the I just I would, want
1: you to know that I'm typing this down and I'm putting oh a date on there because we're gonna come back to this at some point. Because I, I disagree, but all right, okay, you know, all right. we'll see. Fair enough. Over over six. Over six. Okay, over six. I'm, Mississippi betting, I'm betting
0: right. I'm going to the phone right now to bet. I'm placing that bet yeah. right now.
1: Mississippi State 6.5 wins. Over. Over. Well 17,
0: 17 returning starters, the most of any team in all of Power Five college football. A quarterback who threw for 4,700 yards last year which would have been a record in the SEC if not for two guys named Joe Burrow and Bryce Young. So Will Rogers established Mike Leach third year, sneaky good defensive coordinator. If you guys want a, a name to keep an eye on for future bigger jobs and NFL jobs, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State doing a lot of good work on the defensive side of that ball. That, that is a very sneaky good football team over seven and six and a half for Mississippi State.
1: Okay. I know you're right on this. That's very confident. That's confident. I'm 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 making my I'm also building us a parlay over here, so we're gonna see <laughs> with your very confident picks. See where oh, we no. win. All right, Arkansas six point five wins.
0: I'm I'm gonna run out of wins and losses here at some point if I keep picking overs. Right. Um, Arkansas, that's gonna be an under. Arkansas is a really tricky team for me. I really like their quarterback. I really like their coach Sam Pittman and their culture. Their depth chart's really nice. But they're one of these really trendy picks already for teams. Like they're already super trendy to be like a top fifteen preseason team. And I generally don't like it when teams get like this over. It, they're kind of getting overhyped right now. Arkansas is. I really well, like. Well, they don't them.
1: have a defense, and I think no, that without these don't. other teams, they're going to have an issue of finishing games.
0: And they play Cincinnati in the non-conference. A very good Cincinnati team, even though they're yeah. losing Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner. I. I, that one, I would, I would stay completely away from that. I, I could see the over at seven and five, but I would stay away from that one because I think, yeah, I might go over on that one, but that's, I don't feel good about that one. So
1: Ole Miss eight wins under. Yeah.
0: I like are you. Are you
1: confident in the under
0: R- look at the uh, sort of confident? I'm I'm halfway yeah. confident. I'm about, I'm sort of like the officials during an Ole Miss Tennessee game. I'm not exactly sure uh, what happened to the football. <laughs> um, I would go under, look at their last five games of their schedule. Like they, they might start the year seven and O and finish seven and five. Gotcha. Because their last five games are like, like LSU, Alabama, A&M. <laughs> like it's like the best teams in, in, in the, in the conference there and Mississippi state to finish. So yeah. I'll Texas
1: go. A&M nine wins.
0: That's about right. I would go over. Um,
1: but you're re- it sounds like a reluctant over. Yeah, it's
0: very reluctant. And the issue is not a and I think a and is preseason top five in the country. Yeah. It's more about how deep the West is. Mississippi State, Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, like even though some of those I'm picking unders are pretty good teams. Like Auburn could get you. Like even though they're the worst, Auburn's going to be picked last in the division. And Auburn still might be good enough to beat, beat one of these teams. So right. it's more about can they survive the schedule more than anything else. I like, I like a and to be very, very good this year. I'll, I guess I'll take the over, get, get them to 10 and two with a loss to Bama and probably one more loss somewhere along the way, 10 and two right on the outside of the playoff conversation. a and
1: Alabama, 11 and a half wins.
0: I mean, the, the smart play is over because when they get beat and they don't do what they're supposed to do, generally they come back and go like scorched earth on America. So, um, they also have the best offensive player in college football, the best defensive player in college football and the greatest coach in the history of mankind. So 12 and 0 feels right. They get AM at home. I, I would pro- I feel more confident in over for bama than I do for georgia. How about that?
1: Okay, it's plus 200 for the over. Um, I like the I, but Alabama. I like
0: I like that. Give me those Give me the odds and take give me the 12 and 0. It doesn't mean they win the SEC championship game. And it doesn't right. mean they win the national title, but if the, but in the regular season, I think they're going to be on a mission with Bryce Young. So I'll, okay, I guess so I'll take
1: you over. Your, your big, confident plays have been Mississippi State over six and a half wins, yep. LSU over six wins, yep. Tennessee under eight and a half wins, South Carolina under six wins, and Vanderbilt over one and a half wins. Those I, are your think, big
0: five. I think I would rank Mississippi State and LSU as, on the tier by themselves. Gotcha. I think I might put Vanderbilt number three. Gotcha. I think they get to two and 10.
1: If you played those five in a parlay, you would win. If you bet a hundred dollars, you'd win $2,246 and 83 cents. That seems like a pretty good, uh, little chunk of change to,
0: for those. Oh man. I would, I would do LSU, Mississippi state and Tennessee. But the only reason I'd put Tennessee in there is for mental purposes. Because, yeah. then, if, because then if I lose that money, I'm happy because Tennessee's better.
1: That's, I mean, that's a pretty good parlay. I think I may actually play that parlay myself.
0: I wouldn't play all five of them because uh, that's too many odds for me. Parlays so are designed. Just,
1: so if you're going to take one out, you're going to take South Carolina out.
0: I would take South Carolina, yeah. Uh, I, parlays are designed statistically to take your money, Zach. Yeah. Just so you know. Oh, I know. Like, that's what they're Trust for. Trust
1: me. They have taken a lot of money from <laughs> me. I know. All right.
0: Uh, what else? Hey, what do you guys got on football this? Football and other efforts this week? What do you got uh, on Broadway Sports Media?
1: So, uh, on football and other efforts this week, we talked about the Rooney Rule a little bit more in depth than what we did on this conversation. We also talked about uh, the Dwayne Haskins uh, media fiasco that was covering him between Gil Brandt and Adam Schefter. I mean, they just they just dropped the ball k- majorly. K- wait,
0: let me ask you this, because I have not listened, I had a chance to listen to your show yet. Why does anyone give a shit about what Adam Schefter tweeted about this? Why does it well, matter?
1: Well, I, I think it's a, it's a larger indictment. I and mean, This is kind of what we talked about of him just being a sleazeball. He's a scumbucket. But like I what mean, he tweeted,
0: there was nothing that wasn't factually true in that tweet.
1: It, you, do you really need to, though, put in that someone struggled? And first off, he was the first one to announce the death. So he's the first one to it. And he announces that this, uh, Dwayne Haskins struggled. To he also he also
0: he also called him a standout in the same. Well, that century.
1: was yeah, but an Ohio standout, which you didn't which have. This is to all do factually anything. true. All of it's it factually it may be true. factually true, but th- do you want to be remembered for something bad? Your first announcement tweet is Braden Gall standout uh, businessman starting 440
0: sports sports, <laughs> f- f- fired but, from multiple jobs,
1: <laughs> but fired from multiple jobs and uh, got punched by someone. Do you have want you, that in your announcement death tweet?
0: I. I no i don't want anyone tweeting about my death hopefully <laughs> but uh, now my only th- and i w- to be fair i'm going to promote something here because i interrupted your promotion but uh steve cavendish and i will have a longer conversation about adam Schefter on lamestream sports i think it is a product of his bad 18 months more than it is an actual incorrect tweet on this particular subject it is a that that's that i'll just leave it at that and i will i apologize for cutting you off well Car- i just think on. he's
1: just a sleaze ball in general and he it's a, it's a larger it's a lar- we talked about the larger issue of media people treating people the nfl players as nfts or bitcoin more so than actual people and, well, that, then, and we talk about the larger indictment but,
0: but then that. he's but then he's carrying water for dalvin cook then Who's, oh, who's a bigger well, I mean, sleaze bucket than he is he, so I don't know.
1: hey listen he's all it's all about whatever money goes into his pocket i mean he's a robot that's being fed money <laughs> that that's his fuel he's also it's, making
0: he's also making like eight million dollars a year from espn just signed yeah, a new, con, new contract is, so they like him which clearly. is utterly
1: ridiculous i, but, I think he's uh, i
0: think he's had a very bad 18 months and i think this is the least wrong thing that he's done
1: i could i could agree with that i think it's just all right, all right, I think bad. it's actually reprehensible, but I think I could agree that okay. on the scale of everything that he is doing, <laughs> the wrong this is probably the least one. Maybe the Derrick Henry falls under this.
0: I think Derrick Henry is in the same category. Like yeah. I think that I think the I think Titans fans have it out for Adam Schefter. I don't. I, I don't. I also feel gross defending Adam Schefter, and I don't like doing that either. So,
1: well, I think it's a problem that that was his first instinct. Was it's? It's like Gil Brandt's first instinct was to bring up some draft party, and this guy should have stayed in school, and he had leadership problems. Schefter's first instinct was to make sure that he included that this guy struggled. I think that's an indictment of the person. Okay, all right.
0: In, uh, in, in a in a way, I, I think that if he posts, if he just posts, backup quarterback Dwayne Haskins dies in car wreck. I think he gets hammered for being insensitive. I think he gets well, hammered. I, I, Why didn't you put anything else in there? Father, husband, brother, mother, cousin, you know, whatever, like. Possibly, I think he gets. I think he gets Does he really?
1: Maybe he needs to not have to feel this need to be the first one <laughs> to break the news of someone's death. You know, getting maybe paid, that's a little bit of a problem. Getting
0: paid nine million dollars to do that, Zach. I guess so. Um, <laughs> All right, sorry. Sorry to interrupt your promotional campaign. Uh,
1: I'm doing the best of the best for draft information. So uh, the most accurate mock drafters on Monday at BroadwaySportsMedia.com was this past Monday. I take a look at – there's an actual website that grades mock drafts and keeps up with who's accurate, and they do a rolling five-year average. So I looked at who those people were, pulled up their latest mock drafts of and their picks for the Titans, and I analyzed those picks. And I'll probably continue to do that on every Monday because – yeah, it's nice to see a tour of all 50,000 mock drafts, but <laughs> you need to narrow that down at some point, right? Because right, you need to go to right. the most accurate, most accurate ones. All right. Now, I like it. And there, there's a website that grades it. Why not use it and make mock drafts relevant again? <laughs> uh, uh, Wednesday, uh, I put out um, at 730 in the morning, there was one for the best draft guide. So I did national and local draft guides in the best paid the best free of each of those subsections and those categories. So you know, shed some light on some people doing some Come work on. in the Nashville area. And then on Friday, I am going to do uh, the best rumor mills. Who do you need to believe and s- stay tuned into? That's going to give you adequate information and the best information. I like it. I'll give you a hint. It's none of the guys you're probably familiar with. Maybe <laughs> Tony Tony Pauline is probably the most familiar person maybe out there, and I don't even think he's that familiar. And then I'm going to do next week. I have an article coming out where basically, if you miss out on Chris Olav in the first round, if you're a Titans fan, here's some wide receivers that you can get later that may be Chris Olav 2.0 or light diet Chris Olav. So I'm taking some people like that and putting and saying it's not over if you don't get Chris Olav, or it's not over if you don't get Kenyon Green or. Uh, Zion Johnson or someone like that.
0: Those are those are three good names. Chris Alave, by the way. Oh, is it Chris Alave? I think Uh, he
1: needs it, needs another like (laughs) emblem or something on top of that E
0: trait, trait. Yeah, like a little, little tilde there. Uh, um, Traylon Burks another good option there uh, as well. Yeah, uh, who's actually I'm a very big mu- Traylon Burks guy. He's very much like AJ Brown actually, just yeah, bigger and stronger and faster than he plays. And and, and then just he move him
1: around because that's exactly. what they want to do. They don't need a strictly slot guy. I think no, people don't. are pigeonholed into that thinking. Uh,
0: so BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. Check it out. All of Zach's scribing's there. Make sure you review and and rate and subscribe to all of this this here product, the 440 here. Uh, We're going to be doing this show on Thursday here for a couple of weeks, and we'll have some stuff for you for the draft as well. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on the YouTube page as well. Make sure you call the Kingston Group if you've got any questions about your house. BuildKG.com, of course, is the website. Just go look at their work and have a conversation with them. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, Zach, where can people find you on the Twitters? At F-Words Pod. And make sure you listen to that podcast, Football and Other F-Words, with Mr. Lebowski everywhere podcasts are found. My name is Brayden Thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. This has been a football show here on the 440 Sports Network.